Welcome to the Principles of Success, interviewing the experts. And today I am joined by a very special guest, Joseph, who is my physical therapist. So, Joseph, um, what is physical therapy? So physical therapy in a nutshell uh, is just helping rehabilitate people get back to the things that they love to do. There's lots of different aspects of physical therapy. So it can be anything from people in the hospital uh, to people homebound. They can't get out of their homes. Physical therapists will come in and help with that. Uh, outpatient, meaning people come in and see me in the clinic. We help them get back to sports, uh, different activities, things they want to do. Also, nursing homes, helping people live life to the fullest when they have some sort of uh, weakness, impairment, pain, things that are limiting them from their normal life. Yeah, and I appreciate the decreased pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pain is something that a lot of people deal with for a long time. And so it's it's fun being able to help people get out of pain and, and get back to their normal life. So uh say no somebody's never been to a physical therapist's office kind of what is it like for them yeah so uh it's different it, it's definitely different for every uh office because things are ran differently from different owners to different therapists but typically you know someone comes into a physical if they're coming to an outpatient clinic they come in, uh, when they come into my clinic, they're they're greeted. We deal with insurance and that kind of stuff up front with the front desk worker. Uh, and then I bring them back into a room. I sit down, I talk to them, I spend, you know, 20 to 30 minutes uh, just figuring out the of what's going on, what they've been doing, uh, what's been limiting them, if there was an injury that led to it. And then I do testing, range of motion, strength testing, uh, different special tests to try and pinpoint what's going on, what's limiting them. From there, we, I, I come up with a personalized treatment plan for how to get them better, how to how to fix whatever impairments we find, get them back to their normal life. A lot of people, uh, physical therapy is, has been attributed to, uh, you know, people nickname it pain and torture, physical terrorists. There's lots <laughs> of lots of fun puns that people put on that. Um, but I, you know, my goal with all of my patients is to decrease their pain. There are times when physical therapy brings some soreness, but by and large, people should feel better as they go through. And I think that's one thing that, that people don't expect when they, if they've never been to therapy, all they know is therapy equals pain. And that's, that's not the truth. We we're there to, to help decrease pain for sure. Yeah. So uh, when I went to reactive clinic, uh, my shoulder was, I'm talking to the audience. My shoulder was really bugging sure. me. And so Joseph walked me through and then we figured out a plan and then we did a bunch of exercises and yes, some of the exercises were painful, but the pain in my shoulder was bad enough that I wasn't really able to sleep. Um, and I still have a little bit of pain, but for the most part, it's pretty much gone at this point. So doing the exercises doing the treatments were very nice <laughs> even if in That's the exact good. moment you're like yeah this kind of sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah exercise can be hard but it's worth it in the end yeah so why did you decide to to go into the field of physical therapy so i was i've always been interested in medicine pretty much as long as i can remember uh i think a lot a big part of that is i played sports in high school and 
uh, junior high all my life. And I had a lot of injuries that led to me working with doctors, working with physical therapists. So I was always interested in it. Um, I broke my back in seventh grade playing football and found out I was born with something called spina bifida occulta, uh, which is the reason that I broke my back. Uh, and so that, you know, learning about spina bifida, what spina bifida was, what spina bifida occulta was, what was going on in my in my body and how I would manage that led me into the, the medical world. And then I was my very first like month in undergrad. I went to a physical therapy clinic just to kind of volunteer, see it. Uh, and since the day I walked into that clinic, I knew there was no other type of medical specialty that I wanted to do. You know, other doctors are great, but I love interacting with people. I love, I love spending a lot of time with my patients and other doctors don't get that benefit. They spend five, 10 minutes with someone or they're a surgeon and they, they spend a lot of time with them, but that, that patient is awake and they don't get to talk to them. And so physical therapy was just a perfect fit for me because I got to do something medical. I got to help people and I still got to interact a lot with my patients. That's fair. And then you kind of already touched on this next question, but how did you get started in physical therapy? Yeah, so I had a, a neighborhood a, a neighborhood friend. He he was a physical therapist. I was thinking about orthopedic surgeon, things like that, but looking more into it wasn't the lifestyle I wanted for my family. And like I said, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with my patients if I was doing that. And so I went into that clinic. Um, from that time, I, I volunteered as much as I could until they hired me as a, a physical therapy aide. So I got to kind of help people with some exercises and do some things in the physical therapy world. And from that point on, I nothing. I, I never had another a backup option or anything. I, I did my undergrad in pre-physical therapy, and then I went straight. You know, I graduated on Thursday from that, and I started Monday for my doctorate in physical therapy. And I've never looked back since since that first day walking into a clinic. Okay, so there never there never was a moment where you were like at one of your first jobs where you're like, you know, this this is kind of hard. Never had any of that. No, my first job. I remember the first two months. Every day, either like if I had had a little break or when I got home, I honestly I couldn't believe I got paid to do this. Like it was, it it is. I I love my job and. It's, I wish everyone got the experience that I get that getting paid to help people get back to their life is, is the most fulfilling thing I've ever had. And so, you know, there's uh, obviously there are times when I want to spend more time with my family and, and work is work is work. You know, I want to be home with my family more, but by and large, I, I love my job. That's good. So for the most part, <clears throat> physical therapy is stretching and exercising to strengthen the weakened muscles. Um, but there was a part that you did with me where we did um, dry needling. Mm -hmm. um, could you kind of explain the ideas behind that? Yeah, so uh, in physical therapy, there's a lot of different treatments and techniques. Every person that comes into the clinic is different. And so we have lots of different things to treat. Stretching, exercising, that's kind of the the basis of things but we when there's when there's issues we got to do other things to get us to a point where a patient is moving in a range they can exercise and so sometimes that can look like a patient has uh, irritation in a muscle whether that's an injury to a muscle or weakness and it's it's uh, overworked over irritated and overused uh, 
and we can use something. I, I do something called uh, functional dry needling. It's like a westernized form of acupuncture. Uh, I use dry needles. It means there's no medication going through them. But when muscles are tight and irritated, irritated they can have a buildup of chemicals, primarily calcium inside of muscles that keep them. Most people refer to them as like, I have a knot in my muscle. You can feel kind of that ropiness. Uh, those are those are trigger points in muscles that are caused by buildup of, of those chemicals. And we've found through research that these needles with no medication, and they can go into the in the muscle and cause a neurological reset and, and release some of those chemicals, which provides a, an instant release, instant relief for the patient. So it's a tool that I use. It doesn't it doesn't fix the problem. If I just did that and sent someone out the door, the, the pain would come back because there's underlying issues, weaknesses or mobility problems that we have to address. But we have good tools like dry needling at times that can get us to the point where a patient can then do exercises the correct way. They can do things to strengthen so that the pain doesn't come back. Okay. Um, and this next question I just thought of, um, kind of like I didn't injure my shoulder at all um, before the pain started building up. Uh, kind of why does stuff like that happen? Is it just that we're not using that particular range of motion or kind of why would we get weaknesses and pain from particular muscles? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's a question I get a lot because a lot of my patients, you know, they, they can't attribute one specific event to the start of their injury. It just came on over time. Uh, so there's different reasons, obviously, like I said, not everyone's the same, but I've found a couple of primary reasons. Like I said, there's, there's a whole host of reasons, but a couple of the main reasons that will happen. One is uh, kind of the principle of the straw that broke the camel's back. So you might not have any big, big injury, but over you've used your shoulder doing something, whether, uh, you know, if you're repetitive throwing, repetitive swimming, things that you do over and over, and it wears over, it wears down on it over time. And then one day it might not even be something big. You do something that, like I said, straw that broke the camel's back and the, the muscle, the joint, they can't withstand anymore. And so then you start getting pain. There's, there can be slight tears and muscles and things like that. So that's one, one common one is uh, just overuse over time. Feels good. It doesn't bother you until, until it does, until uh, there's the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, the other, the other thing is we aren't really good at using the muscles and the muscle fibers that we have. We live in a world where we do very similar things throughout the day. And I, I even find people that go to the gym and they work their shoulders really hard. They work certain muscle groups, but then there's other ones, other smaller muscle groups that kind of get forgotten. Uh, and so without training them, they get weaker and then other muscles, they try and compensate, they get overworked, they get irritated. And then you, you run into this cycle of, you have muscles that aren't strong enough and other muscles that are overworked. And so they can't do their function together because they haven't been trained. So that's kind of the two, the two main reasons why people don't, people often don't have a, a major event that leads to their injury. It just kind of comes on over time. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So now let's start transitioning from the overall physical therapy to more of the business side, because Joseph, he runs a clinic called Reactive Physical Therapy up here in um, Providence. Providence, Pro Providence, Utah. Yeah, I live in Logan. He lives yeah. in Providence. So I was like, <laughs> what, what's the town just south of me? <laughs> A couple miles um, apart. <laughs> so in Providence, Utah, and he uh, 
started this clinic just a little while ago. Um, it was what about a year ago now? Yep, almost exactly a year. Okay. Uh, so if you you love physical therapy, what made you decide to go from uh working for under a somebody else to being your own physical therapist with your own clinic? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things that led into it. Uh, the one of the biggest things is before I knew I was going to be a physical therapist, before I had any idea what I was going to do with my life, my my natural instinct, my natural thought was I was going to do something for myself because my personality is just that I like making decisions. I like being being able to make contributions in where where uh, direction is headed. And so even before I was a physical therapist, whatever I ended up in, I wanted to I wanted to be a leader and be able to do things within that field, whatever it may be. Uh, so then when I when I started getting into physical therapy, that was a really natural. I knew at some point I was going to open my own clinic uh, right out of school. I, I spent about three years outside of school in in uh, southeast Colorado. And that was a great it was a great job for me uh, because I learned a lot uh, specifically about physical therapy, learned more uh, techniques, more treatments, how to manage patients. Uh, but it, it definitely wasn't my long term goal uh, in physical therapy. Like I mentioned before, different clinics are ran different ways and there's lots of different ways to do therapy, which is one thing I love is not all therapists are the same. We're not all we're not all just like cookie cutters. Um, and so I, I love being able to do things the way I want to. And in the in the world of insurance and in the world of corporations and things like that, sometimes uh, I would have people trying to influence how I cared for patients, what treatments I did or did not do based off of reimbursement or if it's if it's good for the company and things like that. And and so that that really pushed me on a accelerated path to starting my own clinic because I came into therapy for patients. Uh, I love I love patients. I love treating patients. I love them getting better, and I really want to do what's best for them, and not what's what's uh, theoretically best for the company. What's going to bring more revenue in for the company? Because that's not always what's best for the patient. And so, starting my own business, I I've been able to you know lay out a a way a treatment style that I like that works well for me, and like I said, that that I feel I get to do what's best for the patient whatever that may be that day. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, one of the things I liked is you stressed that you were, um, for the most part, giving me the tools to fully heal myself and you were only going to take me like 70% of the way because uh, uh, once I have all the stuff that I need to fix it, there's no need for me to constantly be coming in and spending money to fix it if I can just do it at home at that point. So I appreciate yeah. that aspect of it. Yeah, our our world is so, I mean, we're so busy. Um, our world is expensive. You know, there's there's things that people don't need to be going to doctors every week for the rest of their life, you know. And so I, that exactly what you said is really important to me. People want to get back to normal life and I love helping them get there and then giving them the tools, like you said, to to continue on their own because life is so much better when we're independent as opposed to going to a doctor every week to get whatever they're doing done. It's way better. We can, when we can manage things on our own. Yeah. So when you decided it was actually, uh, what made you decide that it was time to start reactive to go out on your own? So, um, 
when I moved to Colorado, I kind of had a, a soft five-year plan. I was out there for three years. Uh, and and one that accelerated that plan rapidly was, uh, you know, some changes in, in how things were going at work. And I, I felt like I wasn't having as much control as I wanted, kind of like I talked about. And and I wanted to be able to, to make more decisions in what I was doing and how I was doing it. Uh, the second thing is we were far from family. Our family's here in, in Utah, me and my wife. And my, in 2000, um, it's been two years now, my, almost two years, uh, my dad passed away. And so coming home for that was really hard. It's a long, it's a long trip. And so when that happened, we decided it was time to get back closer to family. And I wasn't moving to to work at another work for someone else again. And so that accelerated our, our plan of we're moving back home. Let's just start a clinic now and not and not wait a couple more years, even though we had that five year plan. So those two things kind of kind of led to the more rapid opening of a clinic than I originally expected. OK. And then the question I was about to ask um when you decided to start your business, um, even if you have super supportive family members, I'm sure there was quite a few people like, are, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you, you could get a really good job. Um, kind of how did you handle that of the uh, people's worries? Yeah, so um, like you said, I was fortunate to have a lot of people that supported me. Um, but I know that even family, you know, especially if they're concerned about us, that was their biggest concern is like they didn't want something to happen and something to fail and then not be able to support a family and things like that. It wasn't that they didn't believe in me, but, you know, they're just concerned family members mm-hmm. um, and and just talking them through kind of my plans, my goals, uh, my expectations that that helped because having a plan makes it uh, feel not as scary, I guess, as opposed to just like. I'm going to start a business and I don't know how to do any of it. And I don't know what to do, but we'll see how it works out. Uh, the other thing that I did is there's a, there's a company called Meg business management. Uh, it's a physical therapy owned company and they provide training for physical therapists and some occupational therapists and uh, courses that you can take on how to run a business, specifically a PT clinic, how to make it successful. Uh, and so doing that, I mean, that helped, uh, my family, me and my wife and any extended family. I, I talked to them a lot about, you know, this, this is a, a founded company that's, that's very established and they, they do a really good job of training so that people don't fail. And they have a, they have a really high success rate with people that take the training and then open a clinic. So, so I took that training and that was invaluable for me because it helped with a lot of those, those fears of, is this going to work? Is this, should you just get a job and, and work for someone? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you were able to utilize those guys to help you kind of get set up, but what was your kind of the biggest stress or biggest headache in getting everything set up for your clinic? Oh man. Um, I I think I don't know if I could pick one. <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's um, a lot. <laughs> I think there's there's a couple of stages. So like the first stage was getting a clinic, especially because I lived in Colorado at the time and I was getting a clinic in Utah and I mean finding real estate and knowing how to navigate that whole process and getting a lease 
and my building was just an empty shell when I got it. So I had to, I had to have it built out and I had to develop plans for that. And those are things that I, I've never done in my life. I don't have a clue how to do that. Thankfully, I had a, a brother here that he's an electrician, a general contractor, so he could he could help me navigate some of that. So that was kind of the first stage. I would say the second stage is uh, simply getting patience. That was the biggest stress because when I when I started this, no one knew my name. No one knew reactive physical therapy. No doctor was going to send anyone to me because they had no clue who I was. Uh, so going out, introducing myself to doctors and explaining what we did, why we did it and why they should send people to us. That was the those were the first two big stresses. Uh, once we got the clinic opened and it was running, you know, it was will will we get patients? How am I going to get patients every day was finding new doctors, finding new ways to reach out to them, figuring out who else we could talk to. Because, you know, the first week we had like three patients that week. And so that was definitely the biggest stress for the first few months of how to how to grow and, and get new new patients. Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of what was your strategy for acquiring patients? Because clients are the lifeblood of any business. If you're not getting customers or clients or patients, then the business is going to fail. So marketing and acquiring those clients are very important. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did a fair amount of marketing and community events. Community events are, they're really important to me. I mean, for marketing, but also because I just love this community. I, I grew up here. Uh, and that's why I wanted to open a clinic here. And so I love being a part of the community. You know, my very first patient, she she is a, a rock star. Well, she wasn't my first patient, but the first one I talked to, I did a, a parade out in Wellsville. And at the end of it, she literally chased me down in the parade, asked for my number. And as soon as we got her insurance, she came in. Half of her family's come in. Half of her coworkers have come in. So marketing, outreach, just being a part of the community was a big part. Uh, like I said, going to doctors was a big part, just literally walking in their door, telling the receptionist, I'm Joseph from reactive physical therapy. I'm a physical therapist. I want to meet with so-and-so. And, and this is, you know, I just want to take a, a couple 60 seconds, 90 seconds of their time. Uh, and then after that, the, the biggest thing that we've done is patient care. I think that's probably the most important in, in how well our business has grown is patients, their experience that they have in the clinic. They go out and share that with others, and then uh, people come in because their doctor tells them to go to therapy, but my sister went to therapy, and she loved it, so we want to go back to reactive physical therapy because they had a great experience. I don't know where to go, so I want to go where someone I know had a great experience. So I feel like those community outreach, uh, then going to meet doctors and working well with, with patients, that's, that's the biggest things that we've done. Yeah, and you... Uh, touched a very important point there of it doesn't you can be a master marketer if the product itself in this case the therapy is horrible then you're eventually going to get the word of mouth that yeah this place sucks don't go there um yep. but even if you only only have the most basic of marketing and are just able to get the word out just a little bit if it's a really good product or a really good therapist and the people think you're great, they're going to do the marketing for you eventually. Eventually, most of your clients will be coming from word of mouth, not from your marketing efforts. And so that's a, a very important point that I just want to reemphasize. Um, so another point of you talked about outreach and word of mouth. 
how how big of an impact do you think it was to have that perfect location of real estate of the exact best spot right off of Main Street? I know you're uh, nowhere near there, but how how important do you think it is to overfixate on the exact spot of your clinic? Uh, so for me, it's location is important, but it's not it, it hasn't been the end all be all. I love our location because it's in a it's in a kind of medical professional community. Most of the buildings there are medical professionals, but honestly, most of our most of our patients have a hard time finding our place because GPS takes you to the other side of the building, and and it's it's a little confusing. Um, but at the end of the day, I think more important is how easy it is to get in and out of a place. You know, if if you're for physical therapy and different things like that, if it's hard to get in, hard to get out, people are waiting hours, like that will affect, they're not going to want to go to therapy. Um, but it's not, like I said, it wasn't, it, for me, it wasn't the end all be all. I, I only knew where it was on a map. I didn't know how get in, get out because that community, that community of buildings didn't exist when I lived here prior. Uh, so I wasn't positive even exactly where it was. I just had a general idea. So it played a role, but like I said, wasn't the end all be all. I want it easy for my patients to get in and out. I wish patients didn't get lost as often getting over, <laughs> but they eventually make it. And after the first time, then it's easy to get there. Yeah. And that that's why I brought it up because I know you talk about patients getting lost all the time. Probably yeah. also doesn't help. I thought this was funny when I was going there. I noticed that reactive physical therapy is on the back side and active chiropractic is on the front side. And so yeah, I was like, are get, you guys related? <laughs> we get each other's patients all the time. Uh, they're, she, they're, they're awesome. Uh, I like them. But yeah, we get people come in. We send them around the corner. They get people come in. They send them around the corner. It's a, it's an odd coincidence. Um, but yeah, it's been yeah. good. And so, yeah, the, the point I was trying to make is that the location matters, but it's not as big of a deal as everyone tries to make it out to be. Uh, so... You have a couple of employees, um, kind of what was the process and headaches with trying to hire your first employee? Uh, so I did, I've done most of my job finding uh, just on Indeed, I posted a job on Indeed, and that's been really helpful for me. Most of my positions uh, outside of clinicians I've been able to find a lot of good candidates on there, um, but I've also never looked through lots of resumes. And so that was hard for me. I had to learn how to uh, kind of navigate, you know, my first job post. I think we had like 80 or 90 resumes and I had to figure out how to sift through those and not, you know, I, I had to narrow it down. I couldn't interview 90 people altogether, obviously. Um, and then I think after that, my first employee, actually, I, I, I offered her the job. She accepted it and I couldn't get a hold of her for weeks and then she wouldn't fill out her background check. And eventually she actually didn't end up working with us. So that was, that was a stressful headache. Um, but when I, when I found someone I really liked my, our, our first front desk coordinator, Monique, when I found her, she was awesome. And we've been, I've been really fortunate. Um, my employees have been awesome. Um, they they work hard you know there's a there's a stigma especially of of millennials and gen z's and these younger generations of 
no one wants to work. And I, I know that I've seen that, but in our clinic, the, my employees, they work hard. They love coming to work. At least it seems like they do. They, they work well with my patients. So I've been really fortunate. And like I said, I think the biggest thing is I've had pretty big pools to choose from and I've been able to, to interview. I actually utilize, utilize a lot of social media stuff when I, when I am sifting through resumes because I, I can get a sense of kind of how people are even more than just a resume and that's, that's helped narrow people down. So, yeah. Okay. So you've been in business for about a year now. What would you say was the, um, if you were trying to help somebody with their, when they're first starting to start a business, what would you say is the most helpful advice you could think of to share with them from your experience of over the last year? Um, I think, uh, I read, I read the other day, uh, a quote that someone did about entrepreneurship and said the, the hardest thing about entrepreneurship is some days you bring in $200 and some days you bring in zero. Some weeks you bring in a few thousand, some weeks you bring in a hundred dollars. There's a lot of ups and downs and you have to, if you're going to run a business, you have to be able to ride those ups and downs because if on the downs you are so, if it eats at you, if it slows you down, if it makes it so you don't want to do things, you're not going to make it. If on the other hand, you understand, you know, this is, this is how business is. And no matter what, whether it's a week where I just brought in my, my record uh, income, I just brought in however many thousands of dollars, those weeks you can't be like, this is easy. I don't have to do anything. You still have to work as hard as before. And then same with the, the flip side. If you have a week where you don't bring in anything, in my case, you know, patients, I have lots of cancels and I, I didn't get a lot of referrals or something that week uh, and it slows down. I have to be able to, to not internalize that and let it affect what I'm doing. No matter what, lots of patients, not a lot of patients, lots of income, not a lot of income. You have to work just as hard no matter what stage you're in because it is so up and down in in the world of, of uh, private practice, in the world of being a business owner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just to add to that, because that was, that was fantastic. Um, another thought of that is making sure your personal finances are in order. Cause like a job, you, you know how much money you're going to get each month. And so a lot of people, they are like, well, I'll have this much of this amount of money so I can live this expensive of a lifestyle business. You might be rolling in it. And then this actually happened to me this month. I was doing great. And then some algorithm stuff changed and I dropped to a 10th of the income and I was like, ah, but it's how business works. You have ups and downs. So if uh, I was live, if I was living a lifestyle where I was expecting that level of income and then it dropped to a 10th, I'd be in trouble. I'm not doing that. So it was like, oh, well, this is kind of annoying. But if I was doing that, it would have been a lot of stress. Definitely. So, um, I always like asking this question. Do you have any favorite books that you would recommend? Uh, yeah. So in line with just a lot of what we've talked about, uh, the book by Grant Cardone, uh, it's the 10 X rule. And it talks a lot about starting a business or, or whatever you're starting, uh, and bringing it out of obscurity. No one knows who you are and, and what you have to do in order to 
make a business successful because there's lots of businesses that start and not not all are successful and and it's a great book on uh principles of how to be the business that survives how to work hard and and make people know your name coming from obscurity where no one knows who you are yeah uh that it's a really good book i think i actually have a book summary on it somewhere on the podcast but awesome thank you joseph for um meeting with me today it was a great conversation have it do you have any departing thoughts or words no i think i think that was everything uh thanks for having me on here nathan it was great yeah, no problem so once again this is joseph from reactive physical therapy in providence utah it's up near the very northern tip of utah um he's an excellent physical therapist he helped me out a lot so with that, I will see you all next week.